Hey, before we start uh, this episode, just to let you know there's a content note, we're talking about bodies in this episode, uh, which means that we'll be talking about um, fat phobia and um, people policing uh, trans folks' bodies and ableism slash disabilism. But we're not going into any detail about that, we're just talking very broadly about it. Um, I guess we also talk about fitness and diets, but again, just the messages that we receive about what it is that we should be doing. Um, hope that's okay. Uh, you might want to read the blog if you want a bit more of an idea about what the uh, podcast is about before you listen to the podcast. Um, hope you enjoy the show. Bye. It's the Meg, John and Justin podcast. Yay! Yay! We're back again. We are. And um, we thought that uh, this week we would talk about um, bodies, how we feel about our bodies and how yeah. bodies are rendered and body, how bodies are scrutinised and looked yeah. at. Yeah. Scrutinise that sounded like a, a conference, didn't it? <laughs> it sounded right. That sounded like a paper. Yeah. The scrutinising of the body, neoliberal something, yeah. Uh, also academia though, right? Yeah, right. Fuck academia and solidarity for the strikers. Big I time say. solidarity to the strikers. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we've been seeing stuff around in the kind of wider culture mm-hmm. about bodies and that scrutiny of bodies and stuff. Yeah. That's also, I want to, um, and also I want to write a post for Bish about this. I've had yeah. Chrome tabs open for ages with various things I've been reading about this and I've been wanting to write it but it's been busy and ill. So oh, we do a podcast instead. Yeah, podcast, and then yeah. I'll do like the Bish version. Before but it you, you were saying before, like it's something about the time of year to, as well. There's a sense of pressure on certain times of year around bodies. I saw this. I saw you know that thing when you watch Channel Four News, which is the best news program I think on the telly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you don't turn it off in time, and some crap program comes on. You see the introduction of it, oh. and. It, and you know, it ruins everything. It's like like embarrassing bodies, or like something like that. Like reality, like let's change middle class, like. Yeah. Everyone into like white middle class, able bodied like yeah. ideal of. Well, interestingly, right? this yeah. this program was called Get Fit Fast or something like yeah. that. Um, but um, to be fair, one of the co-presenters was blind actually. So, yeah. Which was you know I've never seen that before on Channel Four. But mm-hmm. the um, but they started with you know it's that time of year you've probably broken new, your New Year's resolutions. Many people have. Yeah. And you're perhaps thinking about the summer and mm-hmm. I was like yeah I feel like this. Yeah. I, I kind of kept watching and then I thought, no, I'm going to turn it off. Because you're kind of being encouraged to feel bad about yourself. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's and not it's, cool. So it's that kind of, there is that idea of the cultural idea of post-New Year and you're still wanting, still time to get fit by the summer. Yeah, and it gets unhelpfully wrapped up in messages about health and I don't know if people are aware, mm. I don't know if it's London or uh, English or British thing, but there's a um, billboard ad at the moment that's really uh, kind of mm-hmm. uh, linking being fat to ill health. Mm. Um, and I've been following some of the activism that's been happening around this because it's really a problematic argument that's being made. It's saying mm. obesity is like the next worst thing than smoking for your health or something, mm. but all the evidence is that it's not obesity per se. It's a correlation, not causation thing. Yeah. Um, that, you know, um, being having uh, less money being less wealthy mm-hmm. poverty or you know interact with you're likely to be um, fatter diet level of fitness etc so it's not obesity per se mm. that links to ill health at all it's these other things that yep. then you know it's correlation um, uh, yeah and also like the shaming of it it's mm. like even if we could say 
it was better for people to lose weight, which we can't say. Mm. Um, shaming people actually is more likely to have the opposite effect, and it's certainly more likely to make people feel terrible. Yeah, and that's what this advert is doing, and also encouraging other people to do to to people in their lives. And there's a real kind of victim blame aspect to it as well, like of you know blaming people. Um, for their health problems which yeah. you know we already have enough of that in our culture of you know seeing it as an individual responsibility um, to be a certain way so yeah. exactly and those mm. billboards when you see them also encourage other people to monitor other people yeah and so it's the self-monitoring thing and the other people monitoring other people yeah so in in many ways it's kind of doing the reverse of what we should be doing in yeah. terms of um, how we tackle these kinds of problems that, yeah and the, the way we do that is to help people feel better about themselves rather than feeling really bad about that's themselves. right and then and also focusing on what actually does help like people having enough money so mm-hmm. therefore we need to look at policies and social structures people being able to be fit so we need to be look at workplaces and we need to look at whether people feel welcome in places where they can do fitness mm-hmm. if you know and if we're shaming people for fat bodies then they're not going to feel you know able to do that and also yeah um levels of diet and making you know healthy food uh, accessible to everyone rather than only to the richer people yeah yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so i guess the thing here is that when we're giving advice about this kind of stuff yeah the easy thing to do is to fall into the trap of giving people individualizing advice yeah because um, we can start to um, retell those narratives that if you can if you can take on board this advice and enact this in your for you as an individual then you can get better at this or you can feel better exactly about so like we could replace we could say okay well, what we don't like is all that advice that says you need to be slimmer and you need to be um, you know have a certain kind of skin and you need to have a yeah. certain kind of hair we can say well, we don't like that kind of advice that tells you about the ideal body but we'll replace it with a bunch of like ways to feel better in the body you have or something yeah but that would actually be just as bad because that would still or at least it would be pretty bad because it would still be individualizing yeah. the problem and saying almost like it's this kind of um you know that you have to just love your body mm. and that's that's somehow easy within a society that yeah. tells you to hate your body all the time right yeah yeah exactly yeah and um, then you feel bad when you don't love your body the way it is exactly you know so you've kind of replaced one shitty narrative with a different one I mean it's that tension that we'll mm. probably talk about in a future episode um, about what can we do as advice givers that yeah. is essentially advice to you dear listener yes you know right you are an individual yes how can we give advice that is um not just about how the individual can make changes. Yeah. Even though we are only talking to an individual. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Gentle listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there is that tension, but I guess what yeah. we have to do when we're giving the advice to the individual is mm-hmm. also to bring in um, critiquing and also offering ways to navigate mm-hmm. the different uh, messages that society gives us, the broader cultural messages, the cultural yeah. scripts around what it is we should be doing rather than what it is we may want to do. Exactly. How communities can also retell that and do communities mm. themselves can do a number on us. Yeah. How people around us can say the same things before we get to the bit where we um, uh, are uh, speaking how we might be self-critical and how we mm-hmm. might constantly be yeah. looking at where self-criticism comes from exactly so it's not like again you can you, you know you can individualize the 
advice about self-criticism of any, or any kind of like just like stop being self-critical or like yeah. replace that self-critical voice with a compassionate voice it's not that easy when everything around you is encouraging you to be self-critical all of the time exactly and if you're embedded like you say in a wider society and communities and institutions and family and friends mm-hmm. that all encourage you to think and be in that way then it's it's an awful thing to then say to somebody just shape up and start loving your body or start being kinder to yourself that's yeah. a really mean cruel thing to say because inevitably you're going to fail and then feel bad about that too mm. so you've now got another thing to feel bad about and if we're all brought up with um love and a sense of abundance and care and mm-hmm. people saying you're okay things might be different but we're not <sighs> that's the, <laughs> that's the fantasy world isn't it <laughs> So we're going to take these different levels, the society, the community, the interpersonal relationships and our own relationship with ourselves. And we're going to think about the body and how we might feel better about our bodies on each of those levels. Yes. Yeah. So first of all, we're going to look at society. Yes. So what might be helpful? What might be helpful responses if we're struggling with how we're feeling about our body in terms of what we might look at and Mm. critique in terms of what the messages we get from society? Well, it's always good to start just with being mindful of like just how much you're bombarded with images of a very particular kind yeah. of person, and that person is young, white, able-bodied, um, skinny, yeah. um, flawless in terms of skin, mm-hmm. you know, um, all of these things. And they often very much look like either a man or a woman or a woman. Very man binary or a woman in gender. Supposed to look yeah, like. nearly always. Although, if you do get a so called androgynous image, that's all it, it usually conforms to all those other things. Yes, very yeah. beautiful yeah. in inverted commas. Exactly. And, yeah. So, so, yeah, what that does for, for all of us, because, like, I always think, well, age is the classic, because literally all of us are not going to conform to that in terms of age, because yeah. we are going to get older. Mm-hmm. Most of us are not going to conform to it in terms of all, all the other aspects at some point in our lives as well. Mm. Um, and obviously it's, you know, deeply kind of racist as well, in terms yeah. of who's seen as, you know, attractive. And there's, you know, even if uh, people of colour are including those images, often lighter skin is seen as better and, mm. you know, more like white people hair is seen as better. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... Yeah, that's kind of good hair. Yeah. Um, so the mm-hmm. the thing is is that we can talk about this uh, in a way that I think people kind of no longer register just how important that is so it's yeah. worth just taking a minute to think of how might we feel if we are one of the I don't know 97% of people who yeah. don't fit Exactly. probably more yeah. 97% of people who don't fit what society says is beautiful or ideal or what it is mm-hmm. you should look like like what effect might that have on us when we just literally don't see that person everywhere and I think there's a kind of compounding issue as well as the the issue of that being presented as what is healthy even though mm. often it isn't healthy at all and a lot of yep. people who are models have eating problems and like actually being underweight is worse than being so called overweight etc mm-hmm. etc et it's also tied to fun isn't it it's mm. also like and I think that's another insidious way it gets in. It's like, how can you criticise, you know, looks, looks are fun, like, makeup is fun, clothes are fun, mm. you know. And there is a bit of that in, in Queer Eye, yeah. you know, and a bit of, like, treat yourself, you know, buy these clothes, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. And, you know, yeah, how do you how do you navigate that? You know, again, not necessarily throwing the whole thing out, because it can be really fun to dress in a certain way or to enjoy your appearance. Yeah. But if if you're doing it in such a way that says, well, this kind of appearance is the best, this is what I should be striving towards. 
you know, question mark. What's the phrase? Uh, was it uh, Audrey Lord? The master's tools can't dismantle the master's mm-hmm. house, or something. It's yeah. like when we're only when we're told, okay. Um, I mean, it, it, it's kind of part of the problem with cap- it's the capitalist response, actually, isn't it? It's mm. that okay, ninety-seven percent of the world don't look this beautiful. Yeah. But buy this product, and you can and you can feel like for a minute what it might be like. Yeah, to, to be a little bit closer to that. Yeah, no, it's it's grim. So I guess it's about really reminding yourself just how insidious all that is, mm. and how all those messages are wrapped up together about wealth and fun and health and mm. beauty, and how difficult it is to escape that, and and. Yeah, maybe being trying to be a bit critical when you see those images or being aware, like, that's what's happening here. And maybe, like, a bit of activism around trying to do something different. Yeah. Whether that's, like, writing complaints about adverts Mm -hmm. or, you know, particularly deciding to read, you know, buy magazines or books that do something different, you know. Sharing stuff on social media that you find which looks really different. I mean, there's, like, brilliant stuff coming out of various communities that critique this stuff, like Fat Activist Community particularly is a really good one, and Disabled Activism touches on this quite a lot. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think... Um, I was at an event with um, Travis Alabanza the other day, who's a great uh, kind of um, actor and um, artist, and um, they were saying that they deliberately just every week kind of try and follow people on social media about something that they're not so familiar with. Yeah. Um, so if you kind of a bit bombarded with that sense of like, oh my God, there's all these different intersections I ought to be aware of or whatever, mm. you know, and it would reply really nicely here. It's like, yeah, make a list of maybe some of these forms of activism that really engage with the body. Mm. And then one week follow, like, you know, Google top five activists in yeah. this area, follow them on Twitter, read a few of their blog posts, and you've kind of done a good job of, like, getting up to speed of it. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, these are the, this is the advice that we can all do for everybody else. So mm-hmm. this isn't necessarily just advice to the person who's struggling with their body, but yeah, this is the thing everything. that we could all be doing to help everybody. Yeah. I did it, like, um, a couple of weeks ago. I followed a great, like, um, activist in the dwarf community um, on Twitter, and I feel like I'm just learning a huge amount. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put up on the blog post who that is. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, just that's again a really good community for questioning these standards of beauty Mm. that it's all about being a certain height you know and and just the kind of I guess I hadn't understood the the degree of kind of ridicule and discrimination Mm. that people in that community are facing it's absolutely Mm. horrific it has a lot in common with some of those things that trans community and fat community and disabled Mm. community also face yeah so there's also uh, I, I guess in addition to only seeing um, I guess this is how power works in addition to only seeing these very particular kinds of bodies that mm-hmm. are, that society tells us are are beautiful in order to do that you have to also discriminate against everybody else you have to yeah. by doing by by elevating one to being the most ideal or the most healthy mm. or the most perfect then you are by doing that you are discriminating and yeah. um uh, making other people suffer as a result so it's not yeah. even like a passive we're not seeing these images of people it's like it is actively discriminating against exactly people. and people really want to do it because you know you saw that stuff about 
um, you know, with with Trump around wanting to say that he had a small penis, for yeah. example. It's like it's we're, we're so used to seeing bad guy equals ugly, mm. bad guy equals disabled. You know yeah. that we just get drawn into these kind of like we'll we'll say some something's bad about somebody's body in order to say that something's bad about them as a person. Yeah, and we, I think that's a really good thing that we could be resisting. Yeah, doing like just not do that. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. We talked about that in one of our early podcasts. We did, yeah. We'll about, um, yeah. So go back and listen that. to that. It was about small penises. Yeah. Um, so that's society. So we talked mm-hmm. at, at length about that because it's so important. It's yeah. really important just to recognise how insidious, insidious it is. Even if on on we can, even if we all kind of know it it's yeah. important to spend a bit of time really thinking about just how crap that is yeah. for so many people and how easily it creeps back in even when you're trying to do it a bit better but you just think oh fuck it I'll say this funny thing about the way somebody looks you know or yeah, yeah make some little comment yeah. exactly mm-hmm. which will take us on to some of the the next categories as well yeah. so the next one is community yeah so communities can also be retelling some of these messages that societies have but communities in this sense might mean where we work where we live where we play Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it might also refer to um, religion, I guess. And, yeah, faith um, communities, yeah. spiritual communities. Yeah, yeah. So it's about like noticing how these things get reproduced in those places, and again, where you, if you have got the capability to kind of question it, and often, you know, really, re- it relies on people with a bit more privilege mm. to to question it because it's pretty hard work for the people in those marginalized groups to be constantly doing it yeah. so great if you can step up in the areas that don't like necessarily affect you specifically yeah, yeah. and that means in terms of um apps, a simple thing could be if you're if you're having an event or you're at a workplace or you're um mm. that you make sure that it's accessible yeah you know and that literally we ask that we are seeing like if if our if our events or workplaces or places we play or schools mm. are not um, accessible to everybody, yeah. then the only people we're going to see having fun and yeah. being in those things are the people that we see in the media, the, yeah. the, the people we talked about earlier. Right, right. And it's beyond, you know, so access, obviously accessible for wheelchairs is what people often think about, mm. but really good to think about is it accept, accessible for deaf people, for blind people. Yeah. Also think about different bodies. So a lot of chairs are badly designed for fat people. Yeah. Um, so really making sure that not all of the chairs assume a kind of slim build mm-hmm. um, yeah similarly different p- people of different heights you know have you got some kind of sense of mm-hmm. how that's going to be so yeah having a bit of a tick list of making sure that it's accessible for all, all of the bodies that you might want to be in that space and also just looking at language around gender and yeah. you know making sure that uh, all genders feel included and making yeah. sure that people are aware of non-binary genders and mm-hmm. the, the spectrum of different trans identities definitely um, so um, so it's important not to be retelling their stories and also for people mm. in on the community level to be able to challenge other people and also for people who are uh, so we're kind of going a bit off we're not going off topic but it is like part yeah. of the, part of it isn't it because yeah, yeah. we are talking about 
our bodies and like the way we feel about like our bodies interact with the world they like they are our interface with the world yeah well so this is it these are the times you feel crap about your body is when you're a non-binary person like me and you go into a gym and there's no place for you to get changed or yeah. when you're a fat person and you go to an event and there isn't a chair you can sit in without really hurting yourself yeah you know that's what really brings it home that you are other yeah and you're not welcome there yeah um so i think it's really important but i guess the other thing that people more individually can do around communities is think about who is that community yeah if you're hanging out with a bunch of people all the time who reinforce these crappy messages then you're going to feel pretty crap so you know what about thinking about you know communities that you will fit in better and that might be about finding specifically uh, a community around a disability or a community around fat activism or Mm. something or it might just be about finding kind of groups of friends you know yeah. This could also just be like a thing on Facebook if we look at social media as yeah. being a sense of community rather than going beyond just individuals that you know. Yeah. Can we be challenging, like we said in our small penis um, mm. podcast, can we be challenging people who are mocking yeah. people because of their body? So, yeah. you know, criticise this person because of this but not because of their body. Exactly, that's why I did last time somebody shared, shared something like that. It was just like, yeah, a really good, really good point about such and such a person's mm. behaviour, but small penises can be really great actually. Yeah. You know. So it didn't take too long, and it can be done quite kindly. But yeah. really, you know, or, or just like, oh, by the way, this community doesn't use this word anymore, or yeah, yeah that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, and I guess the other thing with social media is using the mute and the unfollow and the block functions, because if you're like curating your community, you you might want to just get rid of folks who are sharing like. You know, I mean, I see a lot of people on Facebook just saying, "Please don't share diet stuff with me." Yeah, you know that doesn't feel good. And yeah. and people who do want to share that kind of stuff, making a filter of people who particularly are okay yeah. to hear about it. So that's a really good use of social media to it, curate your experience. And it could be really good for you thinking about who's going to read your uh, mm. your posts if you're going to. Um, write about diet or mm. weight loss or something like that then put a content note at the top so exactly. that people can just skip over yeah, it yeah people often do like their content note and then, and a, then a few dots to so people have to space. go down but yeah. you know also you might want to have a first initial post saying hey who on my friends group would like to hear about this yeah and you create your own little group for that yeah yeah cool so that we're kind of moving into the next bit which is mm. the interpersonal so how can we uh what solutions are there for us to um feel uh more okay about our bodies mm. in terms of how we respond to individuals so again like not shaming people in our lives and kind of absolutely challenging shame body shaming language it can be tough with people you're up against like day in day out especially people you live with and things because you see like people have very different relationships to their bodies and to how they look after their bodies mm. than you do and it can be just so tempting to think that the way we are with our own bodies is the right way or the one true way and start to you know and I guess for me it's about thinking okay how spacious does my relationship need to be that I'm you know or relationships need to be that I'm not going to get into that shit Mm. and actually if I find myself getting that kind of um, intertwined with somebody that I start to feel a bit like their body is my business yeah you know, that I kind of you know get a bit more time out and sort of space from that person so yeah. that I don't get pulled into that dynamic yeah it's really mm. it's really easy for us to be crossing over from um, 
giving someone some gentle advice when they want it into telling them to be like us. Yeah. Uh, I do that all the time. God, absolutely. It's so hard <laughs> not to, right? But yeah, really noticing when you're doing, you know, I try and really, that's a red flag for me when I find my brain going like, that I want to suggest that this person does, you know, whatever healthcare routine or body care routine the way I do it. Or, yeah. you know, it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. You know, it doesn't directly impact on you. It's not cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, and we all make choices. You know, we all make choices about what things to prioritise in life and what things that don't, which will have knock-on effects on our physical and mental health. Yes. You know, all the time, we all make choices about what to prioritise, and it's okay for another person to prioritise different things than you do, just like we prioritise different things to spend our money on, right? Yeah. And so we don't critique the person who ch- decides to save it all for a holiday if we're the person who likes to spend it all on books, you know? Or beer. <laughs> or beer. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm not not putting my hand I mean, up there. I, 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 wasn't, I, I wasn't saying anything. I could have been talking about anyone with the books. Then, you know, it's like could have been anyone in the world who has far too many books. Yeah. Far too many, <laughs> or far too many beers. Yeah. Um, I enjoy every single beer I drink. Yeah. Um, good. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> I sound like I'm protesting too much. Yeah. I really do. <laughs> oh, so uh, yes, I'm not shaming sure other people and inviting them into maybe a conversation with you about how you like you know so I have a thing I think I've talked about on the podcast before about being scrutinised in Mm. my body like I'm particularly alert to that I don't know what kind of personal trauma led to this but I you know if I feel like somebody's really noticing that I've got a spot or like pointing it out or noticing I don't know yeah just just like any sense that I'm being like overly observed and watched it just feels really kind of yeah nails down the blackboard for me so that it's good for me and let people in my life know look you know unless you know you know obviously spinach on the teeth i want to know about something i can't control just you know leave it yeah. <laughs> i don't need to hear you know no. i'm just it's just gonna make me feel like really no. um aware of it you know i mean i like it for to me when people say that i i look good yeah like, I, I like that or um they like what I'm wearing or they, they like something mm. about my appearance I just like I like it even I don't even have to kind of believe them it's just like a nice yeah. affirmative thing and it's kind of like uh-huh. it's I like it because it's like my body is being welcomed yeah. you know no matter what I um, I went to a party the other day I was really fretting about what I was going to wear and stuff and it's like yeah. I left the house thinking I don't look great and then I went to the party and someone said oh it's really nice to see you look really good and it's like mm. I completely changed you yeah, know I just kind really of went into good. a different place and it's like no, it's that kind that of too. you know sometimes that is just like a, yeah you don't have to go into any detail yeah or to kind of pick out something in particular because then if you do then you might think oh yeah why are they picking on this particular detail but just like a general affirmative thing your body is welcome here yeah. it's like it's really nice to see you kind of thing I think that's great but I think yeah also like with the people you're closer to checking in and over time so yeah one of the things with my body at the moment is I'm on T testosterone Mm. Um, so like it is going through some changes and then it's worth you know having that conversation with people around me because I quite like it when people point out oh your voice is a bit different or you know something about your physique but it's quite hard when people say oh I haven't noticed anything different about you like sometimes people feel like like they every time they meet me they have to comment on the lack of change and that I'm not really looking for that I'm not like looking for massive changes but it does feel a bit weird when people feel like they have to bring it up even if there is nothing to comment on so I guess having that conversation with when you're going through a physical change about the kinds of comments that might be welcomed and the kind that might feel a bit tough 
consent thing, isn't it? Yeah. So it's also about how can we open up conversations like that with people that we're close to? Yeah. And how can we help people to hold that space to allow them to say what it is that they're feeling about their body? Yeah. Like, um, for me to say, I'm feeling a bit crap because my clothes aren't fitting at the minute, and like, mm. it's like, don't, what I need for someone is to, is to be like, that's tough, mm. you know, I'm really sorry about that, or, you know, uh, or, or just something gently affirmative, but you know, well, people you kind of d- yeah. go into the advice thing, don't they? And it's that's like, the- get your ass down the gym. Like, this is the thing that really helped me. Or you should like, you know, sort of eat this particular kind of food or go on this particular diet or something. That's yeah. all not helpful. Or if they like hit you with just uh, oh yeah, you know, me too. It's really hard for me and it make me- it out themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's stuff that we can do for the people around us and the people that uh, we love and our, our loved ones. Yes. Um, and then, so lastly, uh, to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll get, get. I'll try and get used to talk about embodiment because I think you kind of uh, talk about it in a way that uh, yeah. you're more articulate about it than I am. But oh, thank you. That's very kind to say. <laughs> but I know you've been you've been looking into it recently, so you're probably more up on it than I. Am. Uh, well, I have. There's a really useful open university online uh, like little course about it that I've read about. I just kind of read oh. through it once and haven't done it. Didn't do my homework. Oh, it's one of the free ones, isn't it? On the yeah. Open Learn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's just really useful ideas, and mm. um, certainly useful for me as a practitioner, anyway. But yeah. um, so embodiment, MJ, can you sum it up? Well, the way I understand it from some of the work I've been involved with around it is like we generally treat our bodies as a thing, as an object. You know, when we're comparing it against the ideal mm. and trying to change it to fit the ideal, mm. and embodiment is those moments when we are our body, because mm. you know yeah. the mind-body split is another false binary. Yeah, we know we like those. <laughs> And so, you know, actually we are our body, like that is all we are, you yeah. know. Um, so embodiment refers to those kind of moments where you really feel in your body or embodied. Yeah. Um, and um, a, a sort of student that I worked with, uh, Leniano Del Busso, did some really nice research to find out when do people most feel mm. embodied. And when they don't feel it is when they're monitored by others. Yep. So particularly on the street, getting street harassment mm. or in a nightclub when you're really aware of how everybody's looking at you or something, those are like your least embodied moment often for a lot of people. Yeah. And the most embodied, often alone, mm-hmm. um, often in moving. Yep. So people often talk about swimming, they talked about dancing, mm-hmm. this kind of thing. Um, and yeah, when you're really kind of aware aware of bodily sensations yeah. as well so yeah swimming often ticked a lot of boxes of someone wild swimming in a lake on their own is like the kind of classic you know you're feeling yeah. all the sensations your body's moving you're yeah. alone you know but of course you can feel really embodied in other contexts as well. you know I mean for me like on the dance floor surrounded by my mates with my best song comes yeah. on like that's totally one of those moments right yeah yeah when you're having a belly laugh when yeah. you just like you can't stop laughing about something yeah typically happens once during a podcast <laughs> yes <laughs> and people say things that are inadvertently crude <laughs> <laughs> for example so the pure all things are pure MJ yeah. um, or uh, lying in bed like really like mm. when you're really cosy in the morning you don't want to get out of bed oh, and you feel your whole body's covered and you're feeling warm yeah. and like uh, or when you're having sometimes when you're having a wank yes. and you can just really be in your body then and yeah. really explore their sensations mm-hmm. um, I read some research as part of my uh, 
reading for this Bish blog post that I'm going to eventually write. Mm-hmm. Um, some research where people like people who are very like, neuropsychological looking into this, and mm-hmm. I'll uh, find the tab so we can include it in the podcast in the in the blog post. But um, uh, there's some research which suggests that the more people are aware of their heartbeat, like their pulse, the yeah. more in their body they feel, the more and mm. the, the kind of better they start to feel about their body, which I guess is like a yeah. a similar kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that when I've been going to the gym recently for the first time ever in my life, and it's not with the express purpose of changing, altering my body. Yeah. Although I hope that happens as a side effect, but it's like I, I love the feeling of. Mm sweating cobs and yeah. you know that's a northern expression too uh, yeah. really, really sweating cobs <laughs> being yeah. out of breath yeah. and just my whole body's throbbing and I kind of like I'm tired I'm drinking some water and then I kind of give the rowing machine a bit of a side I think well, maybe I want another go on that and it's like yeah. never had that experience no, before no me either we've both done that in recent years haven't we because yeah. like, I was really into the gym I think because I associated it with all this negative body image culture yeah. it was like don't ever want to be part of this yeah. um, but because of back problems I kind of started going and I just I, like you my main experience actually is just living that out of breath sweaty feeling you yeah. know and being you know, it's. It, I've just put my headphones on and I'm not engaged with anybody else there. I'm just really feeling my body. And for me, music is essential. Yes. It's like it's being in music and being in my body. Me um, too. It just feels so good. The, but yeah. the one thing we should say here as well mm. is that not all gyms are very no. welcoming places for all bodies, as we, you've already talked about. Yes. Uh, but also, uh, <laughs> yeah. my friend um, was talking on Facebook the other day about a spin class she went to that was explicitly mm. uh, fat people friendly. Yeah. And that often spin classes just aren't. No. You know, and people you and feel I, so crap. Well, you and I quite early on, we were at a yoga class together that was specifically for yeah. all bodies and ages and um, genders. And that was a really great space but yeah I feel like definitely it's not the thing to do you know if most of those spaces just really don't think enough about this stuff at yeah. all um, and, and and also for other people I mean but it used to be true for me back in the day that it was being outside was mm. necessary so inside exercise just didn't work for me it was about being out in nature and stuff and yeah. which is another place that often people feel really embodied so this, this is like the classic that we always say different things for different people mm. so it's really about you for yourself writing down like what are the places I feel that embodiment feeling the most and seeing if you might be able to do that a bit more in your life exactly yeah we already we but as we talk about it's it's impossible to separate the our individual responses to ourselves when if we go to a gym and it's really gender binary Mm. or everyone's kind of slim already or a particular age you know it's like it's difficult to separate out Mm -hmm. I guess the other thing that we so we talked about embodiment and so focusing on what's um we're being in our body rather than necessarily changing our body or examining ourselves mm. and scrutinizing ourselves, scrutinizing our body, um, and not looking at our body as if somebody else is looking at our yeah. body. Um, but also, um, we need to also remember that wanting to change our body is also sometimes. Well, this fine. is it. It's like it's like what we we're saying before. It's kind of you know how we said at the right at the beginning. You can say people should go from oh I must look like this in order to be acceptable to actually no you must love your body however it is Mm -hmm. people can also go from kind of um, you should change your body to make it better to like you should accept it exactly as it is Mm. and I think it's not about 
you know it's about uh, navigating your own way through the options of change slash acceptance mm. rather than insisting like everybody should change yeah um or everyone Every- should accept yeah because actually sometimes you know like i was saying with the back stuff it's like a really good thing for my body was to start working out a bit more and that's been a really helpful change for me yeah so it wasn't about i'll oh, just accept the body as it is with the level of pain mm. that it is um and you know so similarly with around issues like disability and chronic pain and gender stuff Mm. sometimes it's about accepting things and sometimes it's about changing things and only that person can find their way through that Mm. um uh, the uh, the really good example um that i was hearing recently in a conversation um with kate kenfield Mm. um, sex educator in friend of the show friend of the show yeah and she said that it was all right to share this so i've shared it a couple of times it was like um she was talking about breast reduction Mm. and how for migraines that was a really good thing for her to do but also in terms of how she was being seen by people in the wider world who tended to see large breasts as like either maternal or super sexual yeah and neither of those really fitted with her gendered experience yeah um and so breast reduction was a super helpful thing to do on all those fronts and it was just such an interesting conversation because i had chest surgery myself um as as a trans thing which had also been really great for both my physical health and my mental health because i've been walking kind of stooped um and also yeah i just couldn't i couldn't believe how much better i felt afterwards in terms of my mental health it just did a lot for me um so I, th- I just really like that example of like this is how a change can be super helpful yeah. and it wouldn't have been cool to say to either me or Kate oh like you should stay how no. you are and try and accept it because you know no. would you really want to deny someone the amazing kind of impact that this, this could have exactly but those are not they're not easy decisions to make and before you make them sometimes you, you don't know kind of exactly how it's going to be so it's about like helping that person to kind of find their way through it for them between the kind of acceptance and change pills exactly those um those they're they're kind of rules aren't they that you must change yourself slash you must accept yourself you must love yourself as you are slash you must become you you must become a better person a different person yeah they are both just different rules yeah and don't both shoulds and both telling people how they should be rather than what they may actually want to be which is one of our catchphrases i think and i guess what we want to do is create the kind of world where all those options that somebody might have around their body in terms of all the ways of accepting it and all the ways of changing it are all open yeah. and someone can really navigate their own way through those with all of those options available yeah but what we currently have is a world that's trying to force people into like a complete acceptance model or a total change makeover kind of model yeah rather than allowing someone you know enabling them to find their own way yeah yeah it's particularly useful to think about this in terms of uh, where we are with gender and stuff. Mm. And you know, a lot of people, there's a lot in the, with post all these trans panics that have been happening mm. recently, that it can be quite glib for some people to say to a trans person, "Oh, well, if you accepted your body yeah. and felt better in your body, you might not feel trans." And it's like, yeah. come on now. No. it's like you know some change is completely okay and actually is completely necessary exactly and what the, i think what's often a myth in those kind of moral panics is that the alternative that somehow gender clinicians or trans people themselves are proposing is like everyone should go down a complete like hormones and surgery mm-hmm. and like make all the changes and make them as young as possible route literally no one is saying that no you know what everybody wants in in my world is to give 
young people and adults all the options that are available and all the support they need to navigate their way through them and for some people it will be no change and acceptance of their bodies as they are some people will be making changes and those can be awesome changes and we need to remember that cisgender people often make those changes too you know often go on forms of hormones and often have forms of surgery Mm -hmm. you know and you know how can we help people navigate that without pressure to do one thing or the other so yeah whilst also wanting to change all of the societal unhelpful bullshit yeah but the thing is is that we have to do all the changes all the time it's not either or we've got to do Mm. we've got to do everything yeah (sighs) maybe this podcast is a small thing in that direction <laughs> let's hope so. so it's a whistle stop but I think like yeah. packed uh, full of advice for you dear yeah. listener <laughs> you might want to go back over it and listen to back to some of it I, think, I probably will there it'll certainly help there. me out yeah, yeah. but it's just so I guess let's, should we do like a little recap yeah so uh, it's first of all we can't just look to ourselves to find ways to feel better about our bodies yeah and that that by separating ourselves off from the people around us, the communities and the society, mm-hmm. that we it's not possible to feel better about ourselves because they're all yeah. uh, we are encouraged to construe our body and scrutinise our body through all of those different prisms. And if we try and just do it in ourselves and feel like we should be able to just feel better overnight, then that's going to make us feel bad. Yeah. Even worse than we already And feel. we'll swing from being hard, and gen- hard on ourselves to being uh, soft on ourselves rather than being firm and gentle. And yes. Again. Quoting, quoting my book at me, yeah. Oh yeah. Rewriting the rules. Don't, New edition out soon. Don't you love it when people quote your stuff back at you? <laughs> yeah. I hate it. Do you? <laughs> yeah. I, I hate it when they quote it back at me because they're pointing out there's something I'm not doing. Exactly. But, but when they when they just That's quote it in general happens. and say like wasn't that a genius idea? It's so great that I'm going to quote it. Then I don't mind that. That's yeah. It. I mean, I yeah. always do that to you. Thank you. Um, to you. <laughs> to <laughs> Hashtag <me>. consent. <laughs> I believe there's a real good donut theory of masculinity out there that probably uh, ties. <laughs> Um, but having said that there are tips for you to feel to feel more okay as an individual whilst bearing Mm -hmm. in mind all of those things and embodiments the that way forward of really tuning into trying to be in your body yeah and then Um, and then thinking about how you can navigate that path between between or both acceptance and change because some things that you go through it will be more towards change and some towards acceptance but it's trying not to do either of those things from a place of shame as much as possible whilst acknowledging that society does shame you so you are going to feel some shame and you know society sucks on that level and needs to change yeah yes so if you enjoyed this podcast please do tell everybody about it you know hopefully you know that's the thing you can do on the social community interpersonal level yeah. If you think it's a useful podcast. Oh yeah, share it out. Please share it. Yeah. Um, and it's not about sex, so it's fine. People won't judge you. No. <laughs> no, because people say that about the book Enjoy Sex, that one of the reasons that it can be hard to buy it is because going, yeah. into, a sh- going into a shop and saying, can I have Enjoy Sex, please, might, might be a bit much. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to order Enjoy Sex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Could have thought of that without with the, with the title, couldn't we? But never mind. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Uh, um, trying to change the culture. Yes, so our book is Enjoy Sex How and Then If You Want To, and you can get it on your Kindle in a very discreet fashion. As, you can. As you read your Fifty Shades, you can now read Enjoy Sex on the Kindle. That's right. Get it instantly to your phone or your device. Yeah. Um, uh, we've got a whole section of our bodies, actually, don't we? There is, yeah. So if you would like some more advice, particularly as it pertains to 
sex, yeah. enjoying sex, however, and if you want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, chapter three, I believe. Okay. Is, is it? I'll trust you on that. Oh. It, go on, like, we need to finish this podcast. I'm going to say something else. <laughs> yes, we're on Twitter at, at Meg John Justin. We're on Facebook, Meg John, forward slash Meg John Justin. We're on MegJohnandJustin.com. Uh, that's our web page. You that's, can all our podcasts listen to are us there. on SoundCloud as well and to the iPlayer. So if you go to. <laughs> So you can go to megjohnandjustin.com where you'll see all of our podcasts. If you also want to subscribe to our podcast in your podcast feedy thing, you can find us via SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash megjohnandjustin. Back over at our website as well, you'll find places where you can buy our book, but also our zines Mm -hmm. um, and also read our blog posts and stuff. There's more stuff on the website than there is on the SoundCloud. Yeah, loads of stuff on the website. Good. So That's please share, share, share. Go, go, go. Uh, with that, until next time. Bye. Bye.